Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to the weekly POV. On today's show, we will be discussing The Mandalorian as we head into Season 3. Um, this week's news, including the return of The Lord of the Rings, and I will review The Last of Us Episode 7, Left Behind. And I did say we because Adam is here once again with me this evening. So, Adam, welcome back to the show. So glad to have you back. I thought that was like a royal we. <laughs> no <laughs> thank you I, I'm, I'm happy to be back i'm happy to be back yeah as always very glad to have you here and yeah. um we we haven't really we didn't even talk much before we started recording here so you know what, no, what, not have really. you been, what have you been up to what have you been watching lately well uh i'll go ahead and, and so as far as like watching i'll throw out a recommendation for 1923 on paramount plus uh i am not like a huge yellowstone fan my wife is a mega huge yellowstone fan mm-hmm. so she loves that show uh i've watched a few episodes of it but it hasn't really ever grabbed my attention so far uh, but I really enjoyed 1923. I sat down and watched it with her, and uh, it's got some really stellar performances from uh, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren, Timothy Dalton mixed in there too. Uh, great cast, an interesting uh, you know kind of period piece, and you really don't have to have watched Yellowstone at all to really appreciate it for what it is. So it just wrapped up its first season this past Sunday. Uh, so if you have a subscription to paramount plus you haven't started it yet or if you have a maybe a free trial waiting to cash in then you can go ahead and do that now so well that, that's it's good to know that i could watch that show without having watched yellowstone yeah. yet um because I've, I've heard really good things about yellowstone and and this series 1923 but i just i have this huge list of shows that i already need to watch and everything that i've yeah. been trying to catch up on so it's just like another and being behind in it already, it's just kind of daunting. But but knowing that I could just maybe watch this one with Harrison Ford in it and everything might be Yeah, yeah, you definitely could. I, I mean, I, I get the feeling that there's probably some stuff in there that I didn't appreciate that I would have appreciated if I'd watched Yellowstone and the other one, uh, 1883, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but on its own, I think it stands pretty well. So Nice. I might have to give that a, a try here. Maybe over over the summer I'll have a little more time to you know, binge watch some shows. So thanks for that recommendation. Yeah. Um, I have been getting ready for the Mandalorian season three um, by watching the Mandalorian season two. And I'm also going to watch those few episodes of Boba Fett that included the Mandalorian because <laughs> they were the best uh, of, of episodes of that show, in my opinion. And, um, you know, really I'm excited work. about anything that John Favreau and Dave Filoni are involved in just because that they have delivered for me in terms of the Mandalorian, the most exciting and um, kind of feels like star Wars show uh, for me on Disney plus. And um, you know, I I'm a big fan obviously of like the force awakens. I loved rogue one, but next to those two movies, um, the Mandalorian is, is, is up there for the star Wars content that's come out from Disney. So I'm really excited about season three and, and going back into season two and watching some of that and just being reminded of why I love that show so much has, has been fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, I forgot that it's been a couple years um, since season two was, was on television. 
Um, you know, we had that yeah, year yeah. where Boba Fett came out last year or mm-hmm. the year or the year before or whatever in December. And um, so it's been a while. So yes, it has. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited for season three to to start up and it's it's good getting to revisit that. So Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But that is what we have been up to, and those are our recommendations for this week. And uh, next up, we're going to head into our new segment, and we're going to start with The Mandalorian Season 3 and, and when it's going to debut here. Okay, so Disney Plus will officially release the first episode of The Mandalorian Season 3 at 3 a.m. Eastern Time, 12 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday, March 1st. Um, and this is going to be, there's going to be eight weekly installments until the finale on April 19th. Um, it doesn't seem like there'll be any break in there or anything. It's just going to go straight through those those eight weeks. Um, and I, I can never stay up till 3 a.m. obviously to, to, <laughs> to watch. The, I've only ever seen an episode of 3 a.m. But... once. And that's because I got woken up early. So I just watched it while I was awake. But uh, right. I've never actually stayed up until 3 and I, I don't normally have we don't normally have school off on a Thursday, so that that doesn't no. happen too often. <laughs> Maybe if that happens, then I'll stay up till three to watch it. But, um, but Adam, I feel like I feel like we need to try to get together for this, and maybe we can figure something out. Okay, so. yeah, for sure. Hopefully, we can watch some of these together on Wednesdays. For sure. Um, but yeah, what are you, what are your thoughts? Um, on season three, if you've seen any of it yet, any of the previews <laughs> or anything, or are you going in completely blind? Or I'm going in pretty any... blind. Uh, okay. I, I saw, I saw one of the teasers, I, and but that's about it. Um, but other than that, I'm really going in pretty blind. So, yeah, do you, I've come any... to prefer that. I really they, that's that can be a good strategy. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there any, do you have any expectations for season three? Any wishes, things that you'd like to see? Uh, well, I would, I would just like to see, and I don't know, I like, I don't want to harp on this, but I would just like to see how the, the Corano stuff is handled. Um, mm-hmm. because that's, I mean, the show isn't gonna, crash or anything because she's not there i understand that but um she did feel like she was a part of the plans going forward at the end of season two yeah uh, so I, I don't want it to feel like she just kind of dropped off or i don't want her to say oh she's busy right now <laughs> like that's tends that mm-hmm. kind of stuff just doesn't uh work for me so i i, I want to see how they handle that just you know um Make sure that that story is still uh, uninterrupted, uh, uninterrupted, and uh, doesn't suffer because of everything that happened there. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I I really want. I'm curious to see w- w- how they handle that and what they do with that. I mean, I think she was definitely at least at the very least going to be in R- Rangers of the New Republic um, when that show was was going to be coming out. Um, and I don't know if they're even going to do that show anymore, but but I, I feel like she was a big part of the show. There's, I'm not going to call this person out by name, but I did see a tweet the other day that I had to comment on because it was a pretty popular Star Wars podcaster who had, had tweeted that he, it wouldn't even bother him if they don't even mention 
Cara Dune at all. And they did, and I'm like, that would kind of bother me. I mean, I, we don't just mm-hmm. like pretend this person didn't exist in this show because they have a different opinion from us. So sometimes I feel compelled to say, say things. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of rare when I do that on social media, but in that situation, I felt compelled to kind of say, I don't know about that, but yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think there has to be some kind of yeah. explanation. No, I agree. But, but what do you guys think? Um, what do you what are you hoping for season three out there? Leave a comment. I know that I'm really curious to see the whole Mandalorian storyline and how that's going to resolve itself with the the dark saber and and going back to Mandalore. I'm excited about. I really want to see um, with Grogu because I just watched the the Jedi episode with Ahsoka from season two and she talks about how he was basically rescued um from the temple during order 66 and uh, i'm curious to see like who got him out and what happened there so i want to see a little more backstory there with grogu you think we'll get that in this show i i i do I, i think we'll get that um i think we might even get that in this season at least more at least more of it I don't yeah. know if we'll get the full picture. I've always kind of wondered but... that if that's a story that they tell in this show or if that's something mm-hmm. they save for later. Right. And I think we'll get it. That's just my prediction. But um, I, I also want to find out more about what was going on with the cloning. And um, I don't want to say too much here, Adam, because I did watch the trailer and everything. And no, you can say what you uh, Okay. Don't worry about it. You're fine. Well, there's, there's a cer- certain shot in the trailer that shows what looks like Coruscant and Dr. Pershing and and so so I hope we're going to go more into like what were they doing were they trying to create Snoke with those clones or was this something another project you know Mm -hmm. I'm right I'm still curious about it how much is this going to lead into the sequel trilogy with the first order and Snoke and and the Emperor and that type of thing and how much is maybe not so um I'm curious I hope we get some of those answers too yeah yeah those those are some of my hopes yeah, it'd be nice to go back to some of those story threads from the first season and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, answer some of those questions. Yeah, so we will see what happens, and I can't wait until Wednesday. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Ted Lasso Season 3. Uh, there was a trailer that released today, actually, um, and the series will be returning on March 15th. The trailer trailer teases the aftermath following last season's finale here on Coming soon.net, it says um, AFC Richmond advanced to the Premier League and Nate joined um, as a coach of the West Ham United team um, and just some of the fallout from that. Uh, Adam, have you watched Ted Lasso? I've watched uh, about half of the first season. I liked what I saw. I just haven't come back to it yet. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's it's kind of one of those shows that's it's funny. Um heartwarming show and, and has a lot of heart at the same time um so there, there's that element of comedy to it but there's really good character development and there's this real like kind of heart to the whole thing um so it's a it's a very unique show that I, I've, I've really come to appreciate so um so yeah the, the trailer is now on the apple tv um youtube channel and the the new season is coming out march 15th so adam i, I definitely nice. recommend you checking out more of this show yeah yeah i I always envision myself coming back to it at some point so yeah i I think it's one that you'll enjoy yeah 
All right, well, let's head over to the box office results for this week. Um, this was an interesting weekend at the box office. Um, so we had Cocaine Bear, which I think looks completely ridiculous. It um, is. <laughs> did, you, did you see it? Denise really wanted to see it. So oh, I didn't okay. see it. It is. So you're part of this 23 million that it brought yeah, in. Yeah, huh? unfortunately. Well, I don't know. Does a free uh, does a free Cinemark thing actually kind of count because it's just kind of a ten dollar monthly thing that I may have paid for like six months ago? That <laughs> so... feels like a deep philosophical question that I don't know how to answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> it may or may not count. <laughs> um, it is. It, it, it's an adventure i'll, I'll say that about it's an that. adventure okay fair enough so for what it there. is i think it i think it was exactly is it entertaining it, uh i mean i chuckled a little bit but it was like it, it was not really my kind of movie so okay um okay. it was you know for the kind of horror gore fest comedy thing that it tried to be it's that's exactly what it was so okay fair enough um so it did well. It brought in 23 million domestically over the weekend. Jesus Revolution made 15.5 million, um, which was th- those were good enough for second and third at the box office. At the box office, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania still um, came in on top with 32.2 million in, in week number two. Um, but it did take a big, like almost 70 percent drop, which is mm-hmm. the largest um, drop for the second weekend for an MCU title. Um, I'm not sure what to make of that. I don't know if you have any thoughts. Um, I think it kind of really goes back to unless a Marvel movie with with the way Disney has been doing their quick releases on Disney plus, unless it's a major Marvel movie, I think that that's mm -hmm. just going to happen. I think that's what they have done to themselves, uh, you know, by doing these real quick turnarounds on Disney plus. Um, you know, unless it's like a Spider-Man or like an Avengers level movie. Yeah. It's just, it's, they're going to have to deal with that, you know? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, I will say that I really enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania. I reviewed it um, after I saw it and it, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's definitely different and it's a lot of time is spent in the quantum realm and it's a little goofy and bizarre, but I, but for me, it was like a good kind of bizarre. Like I enjoy yeah, I mean, it. Ant-Man uh, is usually a little bit more goofy than you know, yeah. some of the other ones. I mean, so that's just kind of, you know, for me, that's just kind of the Paul Rudd effect of it. But, and then going into the quantum realm, I mean, I come kind of expecting that I haven't seen it yet, but I mean, I, that would, that's what I would expect out of it. So. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it, it was cool. I enjoyed the world building. I enjoyed getting to see more of the quantum realm and, and kind of like what that world was like. Um, and and Kang, um, Jonathan Majors, was unbelievable. And I think, you know, this is an important movie in the MCU, in my opinion, because it not only is it opening Phase 5, but it's introducing the villain of Phase 5, um, you know, in, in this way. So I hope more people will, will check it out, even if it's eventually when it comes out, you know on disney plus but and you're not alone 83 um, percent on audio uh, audience score on rotten tomatoes so i mean it's you know one of those that yeah it got a is not going to be critically rating. well received but then mm-hmm. it seems like a good chunk of the people that go see it enjoy it so yeah and that's what yeah, matters that, really that's where i was with it too I, I enjoyed it um i don't know anything about jesus revolution adam can you tell me anything about that movie do you know anything about that one 
Yeah. Um, that's uh, so as far as actors go, that's uh, Kelsey Grammer and uh, Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, they're telling the story of kind of the uh, the Jesus craze from the late 60s, early 70s uh, that kind of spread through hippie culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then this particular story is how that kind of meshed with a uh, local local church with an older pastor played by Kelsey Grammer. Um, okay. Just trying to figure out how to uh, reach and uh, talk to not just the younger crowd, this hippie crowd, uh, but also try to bridge that gap between them and his normal uh, con- uh, congregation at his church. So Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if this was like a serious take on, you know, Christianity or if it was it was some kind of, you know, I don't I didn't really know what it was. I don't know. Maybe no, it's, it's definitely it's was. definitely serious. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I might have to check that out at some point. I I don't know if you know, I, I for some reason I just wasn't really aware of this movie. I did, I, I hadn't seen previews for it. Or Not a lot of um, marketing around it. It's kind of a lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I say, lower budget, but it's not really lower budget. I mean, so that it it's um, it, it, from what I've read, it's it looks great for you know what the budget is, but I I think they're relying mostly on word of mouth, uh, you know, to to get this thing moving. Yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense because I was gonna say I, did, I hadn't seen or heard a lot about this one. So. Yeah. Yeah. But that is the box office for this week, and uh, Creed 3 is going to be opening too, so that'll make things interesting as well to see how well that movie does without Sylvester Stallone involved. So, um, But let's move into our next story here. And, and Adam, this is the main reason I really wanted to have you on tonight. I mean, I'd love to have you every time, but I know you're <laughs> a huge Lord of the Rings fan. And and when I heard this news, I was, I was surprised. I was... I had a lot of emotions happening. Um, so <laughs> a- apparently there are new Lord of the Rings movies in development from Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema. They've made a deal with um, the that with Embracer Group AB, who hold the rights to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. They've made a multi-year deal that will allow Warner Brothers to make new movies based on J.R.R. Tolkien's beloved books. Um, it says... We're thrilled to embark on this journey with New Line and Warner Brothers, bringing the incomparable world of J.R.R. Tolkien back to the big screen in new and exciting ways. We understand how cherished these works are and working together with our partners at New Line and Warner Brothers. We plan to honor the past, look to the future and adhere to the strongest level of quality and production values. Um, I mean, that's an encouraging quote, but the first thing that came to my mind was, Okay, if these are just the rights to the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, what stories are they going to create without recreating any of those movies, without rebooting or without remaking any of them, which would be a terrible decision if they remade them, um, especially the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And like, what do you tell what stories do you tell that are going to be interesting enough to get fans to go to the movie theater and come even close to like the Lord of the Rings trilogy? You know, so that that's me as a movie only fan. I've I, I've read a little bit of the books. I've read The Hobbit, but I, I you know I've read bits and pieces of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But I know you're a huge fan of Tolkien. So, um, what could they do with this? 
Uh, well, they could do something similar to what uh, Amazon was doing with Rings of Power, where they used a lot of the stuff that were in the appendices of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they're going to not, you know, kind of re reboot Lord of the Rings itself, uh, which I agree with, that would be a, a terrible. Those movies are um, aging fantastically well. Oh, they're, they're um, and just, they would it's be a perfect trilogy in my um, They might be timeless, so I, I mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see on that. But uh, they are really not something that needs to be touched at all. And if they do that, then that's a, that's a huge misstep. Yeah, there is stuff that they can use in the appendices that would give them starting points. Um, my. My worry with that is the same worry that I had with Rings of Power, and I kind of feel like it, uh, Rings of Power and The Hobbit, really, um, where that type of stuff, when they do that and they start filling in the gaps on their own, it's never quite as interesting yeah. as, as it is when they just follow the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, we, mm-hmm. we saw that in The Hobbit. So definitely saw it in Rings of Power for me, um, at least. Uh, and see it in the games when they do things like Shadow of Mordor and, and all that stuff. Uh, it's never quite as interesting <laughs> as it is when it's actual Tolkien stuff. Uh, yeah. So if that's the plan or if they're just kind of going off and just basing it on Lord of the Rings and that universe and just kind of telling their own story, then that is not exciting to me. And mm-hmm. um, I, I don't even know how I would feel about that, to be honest. So it's it's it's... I get excited for the stories that Tolkien told and when it's not uh, one of those stories and when it's just kind of, you know, made up in that world, it's never quite as fun for me. So I don't even know how, how I'd feel if that's the case. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know how I would feel about it either. And I mean, somebody mentioned to me today who's also a fan that um, could could they do something that takes place after Return of the King? Would that would that make any sense? Um, I don't know. You know, again, like there is stuff in the appendices that kind of wraps up the story after, Mm -hmm. after those events. I don't know how much of that would be interesting enough, uh, for any type of movie experience, you know? Um, it really kind of feels like it was just tying up loose ends. Uh, you know, the kind of idea behind Lord of the Rings is that it's like this prehistory to our history, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it, it it takes place in Middle Earth, which is Earth, and it, it's kind of like this ancient prehistory for us. Um, so you start getting too far ahead, and then you're just going to start telling our own history, gonna, yeah. theoretically, right? Mm-hmm. Um so is there some stuff they could do? Yeah, but again, I think they're going to have to start kind of making up their own stories. So um, if if they are not confined to just the two, um, you know, The Hobbit and then The Lord of the Rings uh, series, um, you know, there's some other stuff that they can do in like First and Second Age, uh, you know, things like that. That could be, that could be very interesting and if that's right if that's what they do i think that there's uh, some meat there for them to work with 
but other than that, um, you know, if they're telling their own stories inside that world, I, I don't think I'm going to be very excited for that at all. And do you know if like, does Amazon have certain rights that the, the new line and Warner brothers would not have? Do you know anything about that? Not that, that, I'm, line a, is, not that I'm aware of. Uh, there was some speculation about how much they used from, uh, you know, the appendices. And then, you know, could they have used any of that stuff from any other works like the Silmarillion or stuff? And mm-hmm. I read something along the line that the, the, I forget exactly who it was, but it might have been the Tolkien estate said that they just all they had really had to do if they wanted to use that stuff was just, you know, ask and approach them. Um, It sounded like they did not use that stuff, but it sounds like possibly if that's if I'm remembering right, um, it sounds like it could be the case that, you know, those materials could be open for use if desired. So, Hmm. yeah, well, that could make things a little more interesting. Um, Does is it? Is it at all encouraging to you that Peter Jackson has been kept in the loop um, with this whole process? And also, I think, um, is it, who are the other ones that have been involved? Um, Is it Fran Walsh? um, So, um, trying to think. Rings of Power, if, again, if I'm remembering right, I I believe that um, Peter Jackson was, in some early um, talks for that stuff, but then they kind of just moved away uh, from that. Mm-hmm. So is it encouraging? Yes. Um, is it too early to tell? Also? Yes. So, okay. That's yeah. I get, yeah. Here, here are the names I was thinking of um, Peter Jackson and his writing partners, Fran Walsh and Philippa Boyens. They, they all worked on like the Lord of the ring, the original Lord of the rings trilogy. And, and I believe the Hobbit trilogy as well. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's a good thing that they're being kept in the loop and involved in the process, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, as excited as I should have been about new Lord of the Rings, I also was not excited and (laughs) worried actually. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I guess I'd only really be worried if, if they have those plans to retell those stories, you know? Right. Um, other than that, they I guess they can really do what they want. You know, they have the mm-hmm. they have the rights, and I'm not sure that I'd be worried if they kind of make up their own stories. But I'm also not going to be extremely interested in it either. So, yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. So, see what they do and, and give it a try. Um, any more thoughts on the return of the Lord of the Rings? Um, I don't think so. I think that about covers it, really. Okay. Fantastic. Be interesting well, to see because I mean I guess Rings of Power is supposed to fit into this universe as well, um, but may, maybe it might be interesting to see if uh, you know if maybe Warner Brothers maybe kind of does their own thing around the Rings of Power. So yeah, um, that which yeah, could I also wonder- happen. I was wondering if if it's all like part of one thing now or if it's separate. So I'll yeah. be curious to see what happens going yeah. forward. Yeah. Well, last but not least, um, we have a little bit of news about The Last of Us, um, episode eight. The trailer for this episode features the um, game actor, Troy Baker, who um, actually portrayed the role of Joel in the games, is going to be showing up as a different character in the TV show in the role of James. 
Um, and if I remember this character correctly in the game, um, and this was, you could see this in the episode eight preview on HBO Max YouTube channel, but this character in the game was so frustrating. And I remember trying to like defeat this guy, like for, it took for me so long. It was so frustrating. And uh, that that's my memory of this character. If, if this is the character I think it is. So it'll be interesting to see him in this role. And, um, and that's going to lead me right into my review of episode seven of The Last of Us called Left Behind. All right, so let's get into season one, episode seven of The Last of Us. This episode is called Left Behind. Um, this was a another fantastic episode. I, I know I keep saying that and I probably sound like a broken record, but um, I think this is just a very well done show. It's a great adaptation of a video game. Again, the best adap adaptation of a video game I've probably ever seen. Um, this is actually this episode is actually um, based off of a DLC content um, called Left Behind, the same name um, that came out when the video game came out originally in 2013. And it tells kind of a little bit more of Ellie's backstory before she was, you know, bit by one of the infected. And this kind of tells that story of, of how that happened. Um, I thought this was a great episode again, you know, spoiler, spoiler free. Um, I would definitely recommend this episode and I'm going to get into in this review, I'm going to talk about um, some of the plot points of this episode and, and get into some spoilers here. Um, and then I'm going to look at some of the insights from the podcast and inside the episode and then talk about the game versus show comparison. Um, so that's basically what this review will look like. So let's go ahead and head into the, the plot points for this episode. Basically, Ellie, you know, picks up where it left off in the last episode where Joel is, you know, was stabbed with a shard of, of the baseball bat. And, and now Ellie's managed to bring him into this like abandoned house and is trying to, to care for him. And, and he's, basically telling her to leave, you know, like get out of here, go back to Tommy. Like, I'm not going to make it. And, and Ellie's not having it. She, <laughs> she swears at Joel. She's like, she's very, she doesn't know what to do, but she wants to stay there with him. And, and you can see that their relationship is really starting to grow. Um, and then as Ellie, Ellie's struggling with this decision, we flash back to her at, at Fedra military school, basically. And she's running laps in a gym and, um, has a Walkman on and, and everything. And we see that she gets into this fight with one of her, her schoolmates um, because she knocked the headphones off of Ellie's head and, and challenges her in that way. And, um, you know, she's basically like, one thing that she says is, you don't fight, your friend fights for you and she's not here. And that's referencing um, the Riley character who has been gone for a few weeks and, and was Ellie's roommate and best friend and everything. But but Ellie fights back. You know, she decides to to fight here, which is, is kind of a theme in this episode of continuing the fight um, that leads all the way into the, what happens at the end of the episode. And it, it kind of comes back around with with Joel and everything. So here, you know, Ellie's basically, you know, sitting in the principal's office and, you know, he he's telling her that she has um, basically a, a couple options. One option is she can end up keep getting thrown back in the hole, not following the rules. And she ends up, you know, um, doing one of the dirtier jobs for Fedra or she can 
use her intelligence and, and her abilities to become an officer. And um, she's kind of struggling with, with that decision. And we also get some interesting shots of things in Ellie's room. Um, we see the no pun intended book that, that kind of goes back to one of the earlier episodes where she was telling Joel those pun jokes and everything. Um, we see the comic book that she reads also in her room and a Mortal Kombat 2 poster, which is a nice setup for a moment that happens later in the episode um, in, in the arcade, actually. Um, but Ellie's again, Ellie's best friend and roommate has Riley has been missing for a few weeks, but she comes she comes in and, and surprises Ellie and, and returns. And she talks about how um, she joined the Fireflies, basically. And Ellie can't believe she joined. And, and a lot of this episode is just kind of this philosophical argument about Fedra versus the Fireflies. And and Ellie kind of um, sides with with Fedra a little bit, saying something to the effect of they're kind of the glue that holds everything together. You know, if we didn't have Fedra, everything would be in chaos. Nobody would be getting fed, you know, all those things. Um, but then on the other side of that, Riley's trying to say, well, the Fireflies are basically freedom fighters. They're, they're fighting for for freedom. And, and she was calling Fedra fascists, basically. Um, so a lot of this is their kind of back and forth banter um, about Fedra versus the Fireflies and those different ideologies. Um, one of the things that, that stood out to me is, you know, Riley basically takes Ellie um, to this place and she takes her. We find out it's the mall and, and she's taking her there to, to just have a nice night and everything together because she's eventually going to reveal this information that she's leaving. Um, but one thing I really enjoyed was seeing Ellie like hit the flashlight to get it to work because that's something that you have to do in the video game. You actually have to like hit your controller or tilt it and hit it off your hand to, to, to try to get the flashlight to work, which I thought was a, a nice little nod to the video game. Um, we also find out that there recently has, there's, there's now power in the mall and Ellie's kind of, fascinated by that and we get this really cool shot of the mall just lighting up and all the stores and shops lighting up and all the neon colors and everything and i thought that was just a really cool shot from this episode and riley basically wants to show ellie the the four wonders of the mall <laughs> and um you know one of those whether intended or not is the escalator ellie's absolutely fascinated by the escalator and she calls it the electric stairs and, and everything. So that was, you know, we, ha we have a character here who hasn't seen a lot of these things. She's grown up in a Fedra school, you know, military school. Um, so another one of these four wonders of the mall is um, this carousel um, that they ride on. And, and, and again, the, I, I feel like this episode was once again a very, very good adaptation Um from like the, the game to this episode with the DLC content and everything. Um, so many of these moments were, I remembered, you know, vividly from the game. Um, we also get them visiting the photo booth and, and, and taking pictures in there. And as you can see, um, if you're watching the YouTube video, um, you know, it's, it's pretty similar that they're in this photo booth and, and taking silly pictures and everything. So that was a, a nice moment too. Um, the 
the other wonders of the mall are the arcade. And, and once they go into the, into the arcade, that's where Ellie gets to play Mortal Kombat too. So again, it kind of ties back to that poster and she obviously is obsessed with this game and, and gets to play it and everything. Um, and then the last thing that they go into is this horror store um, where they put on these masks and everything. But, but it, it, before that even happens, Riley basically tells Ellie that Marlene, um, and again, that's a callback to the Marlene character we saw in episode one, um, who's the leader of the Fireflies. She's sending her to the Atlanta, Atlanta QZ. And um, Riley basically brought Ellie to the mall to say goodbye. And, you know, Riley is, while Ellie is kind of different in this way because she didn't necessarily have a family that she remembers, um, Riley did have a family that she remembers from before all of this and she's seeking that connection with that family and she's finding that with the fireflies um and 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 this whole episode really shows this connection that that riley and ellie have and it's kind of like the this whole will they won't they type of thing with their relationship you know is it more than friendship And, and of course like anything any good thing that happens in this show there's always something really terrible that that happens after that that really good thing for the characters happens you know so these two characters have share this kiss um and they've had this this night together and then right after that they get attacked by one of the infected and um this is where we see where ellie gets bit um and you know because we didn't see that before episode one or in episode one or in any of the other episodes until this point. Now we see how she got bit in the first place and Riley also gets bit. And so they're, they're basically just sitting there kind of consoling each other, trying to figure out what they're going to do. Are they going to take the easy way out like Frank and Bill did? Um, But that's not what Riley wants to do. You know, Riley tells Ellie that she doesn't want to give up or take the easy way out. She wants to enjoy the time she has with Ellie, whether it's, two hours or two days, I think is what she says. Um, and it, it's really this, this flashback that um, prompts Ellie not to give up on Joel. And at the end of the episode, she f- ends up finding an, a needle and thread and, and tries to stitch him up because she's determined, you know, I'm, Riley didn't give up on me. I'm not going to give up on you. And, and it's this flashback that really pushes her, um, to what she does at the end of the episode. She's not going to leave Joel at this point. She's going to try whatever she can to save him and stay with him for whatever time they have together. Um, so a very cool episode that, that pushes the story b- forward by going into the past, um, w- which is always cool. And a little more insight into this episode from the Last of Us podcast and inside the episode Um Again, I mentioned that this episode is based off DLC content that came out. Um, There was no cold open for this episode. um, And and they kind of asked the question, what does this episode want? (laughs) So it's an interesting question to ask. This episode apparently didn't want a cold open. (laughs) So there wasn't one. Um, Originally, this episode wasn't going to tie into what was going on with Joel at the beginning and end. It was just going to stand alone as this left behind story based on the DLC. But HBO suggested they should have that story with Joel in there to tie things together, which I agree. I think that was the right move. You know, um, you see Joel in the beginning and end of this episode and it, and this flashback kind of informs what the character Ellie does. Um, so I think that was the right choice. 
this episode also intentionally shows uh, a different side of Fedra. You know, we, we've seen the really evil side of Fedra, the bad side of them. Um, but Ellie, again, even describes them kind of as the goal, the glue holding things together. And, and it shows this different side of Fedra. Um, and basically how Neil Druckmann summed this up, he said this episode is basically the post-apocalyptic version of skipping school. <laughs> um, so I want to get into finally before before I end this review, I want to get into those comparisons, the game versus TV comparisons. And again, this was a very um, faithful adaptation of the DLC content. And you're going to see that, especially if you're watching on YouTube, um, you're going to see some how, how close some of these things were. Um, first of all, we, we see Ellie taking care of Joel in, in this scene right here as she's trying to patch him up and do what she can for him to put pressure on the wound. And um, we see that that's happening. We also see that in this next scene, Riley comes in and surprises Ellie in a similar way um, in both the show and the game. In this comparison, we see the carousel scene in, in both the show and the game and, and how similar they are. This, again, was a, a big part of the game. There's the, the reveal of the carousel in the game. And here's the scene from the photo booth. Um, you can see the game here first and then the show. So in this comparison, we see the arcade, the Raja's arcade in both the game and the show. And um, again, just like the neon colors and everything really stands out here. And um, and Ellie plays the Mortal Kombat game in the um, in both in the driving game in both the uh, show and the game. Pretty cool. Here we see the characters um, going into the, the horror shop or the Halloween store or whatever it is. And they're, they're trying on the wolf and the clown masks and um, dancing on top of the, the counter and everything. Um, in the game, they, they dance without the masks on. And in the show, they dance with them on. Just, but it's, 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 very again, a very similar scene. Here we see the reveal of the bite mark and, and how that happens in both the game and the show. And finally, in this scene between Riley and Ellie, there's very similar dialogue as they're, you know, talking about as Riley's saying, let's let's wait it out, um, whether it's two hours or, or two days and, and that whole dialogue. They decide that they're going to um, wait it out together um, and, and until the end here. So um, that's pretty much where the the episode and our comparisons end and. That was episode seven of The Last of Us. And, and going into episode eight, um, as I said earlier on the show in the, in the news segment, we're going to see Troy Baker, who played Joel. He's going to come back into he's going to come into the live action TV show and, and be in a different role. So it'll be interesting to see him in episode eight. But what did you guys think of The Last of Us episode seven left behind? Let me know in the comment section and stay tuned to the weekly POV for your weekly Last of Us reviews.
Okay, everybody, thank you once again for tuning in. And that pretty much wraps it up for our show this week. Um, thank you so much again, Adam, for, for joining me once again. And, and where oh, can thanks the, for the invite? Oh, anytime. You're you're invited every every Monday when I record, and you know, cool. you know that. Yeah, yeah. Um where can the good people find you, sir? Uh Twitter would be the the best place that at the gauze eighty five there. And uh you can also find me on uh doing my church stuff at savannahumchurch.com. Thank you very much, Adam. Of course you can find from a certain point of view on the YouTube channel. From a certain point of view, please subscribe while you're there. On Facebook, we are from a certain point of view. On Twitter, it is at certain POV pod. And you can send us an email at certain POV pod at gmail.com. You can ask us anything, or if you'd like to be part of the show or come up with an idea for the show, please let me know. We are also a proud member of the Red Five Network. Um, you can find them on red5network.com or at Red Five Network on Twitter. And everything we said today was true. From a certain point of view.